Christ is risen. He is risen. Um, today is the Sunday of the Merbearers, which is hard to spell. If you ever tried to write the word Merbearers, it's I had to practice to be able to spell it right. But it's also sometimes not exactly clear who we're talking about. Um, so in the gospel today, we hear about Mary uh, Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joseph, who is also the Theotokos. Um, that's a whole kind of side trail we could go down about why she's called the Mary the mother of Joseph here. Um, and uh, let's see, Salome we heard about, and there are others. And, and these were the women who were the followers of Jesus. They, you know, we hear a lot about the 12 disciples, and then sometimes we hear about the 70, and we know there's this whole kind of group of people that are following Jesus in his ministry as he goes uh, throughout the, the countryside preaching and teaching and healing. So there were these, this group of women, um, and they actually were provided a lot of material support for his ministry. Um, some of them were family members, um, extended family, cousins, aunts, that sort of thing. Um, but they were with him this whole time. Um, so in today's gospel, then, we hear that he's been laid in the tomb. Joseph of Arimathea, um, along with uh, Nicodemus, put him in this tomb. Um, and then after the Sabbath had passed, so that's, that happened on Friday, and then they had to wait for the Sabbath because they're good observant Jews, right? So then Sunday morning, they go to the, to the tomb. Um, they buy some spices and, and aromatic oils and that sort of thing. And they're going to go to the tomb and, and prepare the body. So this is really outside, of, way, way outside my own experience. I have, and I suspect many of us, especially younger, if you're more like me or younger uh, folks, don't have a lot of personal first-hand experience with a dead body. I have like this much, almost none experience with a dead body. Um, so this whole kind of idea of preparing a body for death or for burial is very outside of my own experience. But um, if you're like me and, and you feel that way, we're a teeny tiny speck of minority in the vast sum of human history. For almost the entirety of human history, death was always there with you. By the time you're an adult, you probably would have lost a couple of siblings, probably a parent, definitely aunts and uncles. You would have constantly been attending to death, the death of neighbors and friends and families. Um, and you would have had to deal with it personally. Um, when a sibling died, if you were a child and your, your brother or sister dies, the body's going to be in your house. And people are going to come to your house and pay their respects. The body would be dressed, cleaned and dressed and prepared for burial there. Um, and this is, like I said, this is outside of my own experience. Um, but uh, I, I think gives us, when we think about that and, and this, this kind of how, how this, it's been this way forever, <laughs> um, helps us then begin to identify with what the Murbearers are doing here. In a sense, they're just doing their duty. They're doing what's expected. When a loved one dies, you take care of the body. You prepare it for burial. I think it's interesting, and 
I'm going to go ahead and make this point. But I think it's interesting that in, in the United States, our Mother's Day typically occurs really close to the Sunday of Murbears, just because of the way things line up with when Pascha falls and Mother's Day being the... I don't know. Sun, the Sunday of, uh, what, the first, second, first Sunday in May? Is that right? Second Sunday in May? Whenever it is. I don't know. Anyway, very early in May. How's that? Um, I, I think it's interesting that these two things come really close together because, in a sense, um, I think many of us have an experience of motherhood that is very much like the Mer Bears, um, which is to say they set aside their grief they set aside their hopes that had been dashed. They set aside their disappointment, their fears, all the stuff that had been going on at the end of that, the week that just ended. This horrible, horrible week for them. Their rabbi, their teacher, their beloved son and cousin and nephew, whatever their relationship with him was, they loved him. He had just been beaten and murdered in a really unjust way. Um, and so they set, but they set all of that aside. They put all of those emotional reactions, if you will, to this horrible, horrible thing aside and did what you did when someone died. They, they did the thing that needed to be done. And I want to suggest that this is actually what love is. Christ himself obviously gives us uh, the perfect example of love. Um, he became man. He emptied himself. He became man. That is to say, the creator of existence itself, the creator of the universe, set all of that aside, entered into creation, became one of us, lived, was beaten, was killed for others, for us. So he sacrificed everything he had for another. He gave of himself for others. And that's also what the Murbears do on this Sunday, that when we remember them, they, they set aside their fears, uh, their, their grief, and did this duty uh, for the one that they loved. We often think about love um, in, in terms of kind of romantic Valentine's Day stuff. Um, or even if we're not, like, not even romantically, we, we might think of love as just like the tender-hearted emotional feeling, that little, that warmth, if you will, in your heart that you have towards your child or uh, your, your spouse or your sibling, hopefully, <laughs> or, or someone else in your life, or someone else, this warm-hearted feeling. And that certainly is part of what it means to, to love someone. Um, but I want to suggest that, that love is actually, we shouldn't think about it like um, a, if you will, a noun, like just a, a, a thing, a state of existence. It's not, it's not just, um, it's not a, a solid state kind of unmoving thing. Love is a, very much a verb, even when we use it as a noun. It's a verb. It involves action. It involves doing things. Specifically doing things that is giving of yourself for someone else. And oftentimes for, I think, parents, many of us can uh, agree with this. Spouses, I suspect, can too. 
Sometimes that love feels more like drudgery than warm-hearted tenderness. Sometimes it feels more like hard work than warm and fuzzies. I suspect that's kind of how the Murbears felt <laughs> uh, when they went to the tomb. This was work. This was the work that was expected and what their duty was, and so they did it. We've been called to this kind of love. We've been called to love one another with this kind of love, to give of ourselves. Does that mean you have to literally lay down your life for someone else? Not necessarily. I hope not. As Flannery O'Connor said, I, I could be a martyr if they kill me quick. Um, but hopefully none of us have to endure that. But there are little tiny martyrdoms throughout all our lives. Every moment of our life can be this tiny giving of yourself for someone else. Um, when I taught the, the Sunday school class, I would tell the kids in the class that this can be as something as small as simply holding the door for someone else when you're entering a building. Taking that couple of seconds that it takes to step aside and let someone else go in. Um, it, it can be just a kind word to someone. Maybe it's someone you see every day and you usually don't have much to say to them. Um, just even that kind word. That's a giving of yourself. That's a teeny tiny little martyrdom um, that you can perform that is this kind of love. Jesus teaches us that we show our love for him in how we love others. The least of these, right? When we feed the hungry and clothe the naked and heal the sick and visit the prisoners and the infirm. Uh, this is how we show our love for him. In these, these duties, these actions that we take for one another, these ways we sacrifice of ourselves, we sacrifice of our own time, uh, our own wants and desires, we set aside our emotions and do what needs to be done. And sometimes it feels like drudgery, but that's love. The other way I think that we show our love for God is how we can sacrifice, that is, do these sacrificial acts even uh, directly for him in another way, right? Besides just for others, the church is the body of Christ. The church is the continuation of his life in time. And if the church is the continuation of the life of Christ in time, then our sacrifices for the church are also how we show our love for God. They can be just the little things, even. The cleaning up afterwards, the coming to services, the prayers that we say together. All of these little things that we do as a community together are how we show our love for God. And they're how we strengthen each other so that we then can go out into the world and show that same love and carry that same love out to the least of these, our brethren. Through the prayers of the Holy Mirror Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, may we carry this love that Christ has shown us out into the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.